Hello, I'm Erin Marcus, founder and CEO of Conquer Your Business, and I want to welcome you to Ready Yet? If all you needed was a step-by-step plan of what to do, you could buy a book on how to succeed and you would be all set. But here's the rub. You'll never do what it takes until you become the person it takes to do it. The Ready Yet podcast is dedicated to those who are ready to become the person who succeeds, ready to become the person who steps into more, and ready to become the best version of themselves. In the I'm Ready interview series, join me for inspiring conversations with people who figured out who they needed to be in order to achieve their dreams and were brave enough to be that person. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am so glad to have you back for this episode of the Ready Yet podcast because we are talking to people who understand that you will never do what it takes until you become the person it takes to do it, right? So I am really, really, really excited about today's guest, Shana Woods, and here's why. There is seldom somebody I meet who has a crazier medical story than I do that just didn't let it stop them. That just absolutely didn't let it stop them. She has the color hair I used to have and want again. Um, And I think it took us a good 15 minutes to even remember how we ended up being introduced to each other, but we knew instantly that we were supposed to meet. So I will give you an opportunity to more formally introduce yourself and tell people about your business and what you do. And I really can't wait to share your amazing story with them about how you became the person you became so that you can do all the cool things that it is that you do. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. So you've already said my name, Shana Woods. Uh, I am the CFO and money coach for impact-driven entrepreneurs. I own a company called Prosperity First. And over the last couple of years, I've really defined what that means. And it honestly, it took me a couple of years to figure it out. Um, when people think of prosperity, they instinctively go to money, right? And of course, I'm an accountant, so that works for me. But that's not all prosperity is. And so when I first started talking about it, I talk about abundance and I'd sound like every other freaking coach out there. It's <laughs> <laughs> so much fun, right? That's how we want to run our business. You know the, uh, the teacher in the Snoopy cartoons? Yeah. Wah, 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 wah. That's what people would hear when I would try and talk about prosperity because I sounded like everything else. I was just contributing to the noise. Yeah. And then it hit me. Prosperity is being unapologetically yourself. That's the foundation of all prosperity. And on the next level up is unapologetically asking for and receiving, very big key there, anything you want and in greater abundance than you can possibly imagine. Awesome, love it. Yeah. And then I spent another year figuring out what first meant. You'd think that one would be obvious. That would be easy. (laughs) But when we think about it, we're told how selfish we are when we take care of ourselves first, right? Particularly as women, sure. but people in general. And no, it is absolutely about you as the individual first. Your health for you first, your finances for you first, your business for you first, living your best life for you first. Because that's the only way you're going to have more to give. 
Awesome. And I remember when I met you because I knew in our email introduction that you were a numbers person. Mm -hmm. And then I met you and it was Zoom. So I got to see a little bit of your space and hear the way you speak. Mm -hmm. And how does someone become the person because in my, in my experience, and this was just my experience, these two things were always very far apart from each other because I had my finance background in my corporate world. And then I have my coaching world where I was introduced to all these other concepts. Mm-hmm. How do you marry what is historically such a conservative type, systematic, old school business service with the amazing manifester will go woo woo all the way person that you've become. Why do you think it's weird that your accountant reads Oracle cards? (laughs) (laughs) It's freaking fantastic personally, (laughs) but I will tell you, you know, I'm old enough to go, huh? Before I go, Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. Well, honestly, until about mm, 10 years ago, I was exactly the accountant you picture when you think of an accountant. Straight laced, power suit, nice. the, 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 the office with the glass doors, right? right? Gold nameplate. I mean, I was that nice. type of accountant working the excessive hours that literally destroyed my body. So how did I become this unicorn of an accountant? Love it. I got sick. You got sick. Right? I destroyed my body. I I had some serious feminine issues. We'll leave it at there. We don't need to go into detail with that. For all the boys in the room so they don't freak out. (laughs) (laughs) Ended up having to have everything removed and never got better. Like, they told me that was the fix. And yet, within a month of having the surgery, I wasn't able to walk. And it wasn't that I was paralyzed or anything like that. I couldn't feel my feet. Oh, that's a problem. (laughs) It's a problem. And I couldn't feel my hands. It's like the numbness was going from the ends of my extremities and working its way up my body. Wow. So it started with fingertips and toes, then moved to the whole hand and feet, up to the elbow. I mean, it was, I was being removed. Well, and at the time, if you're still functioning under the same thought processes that had you being the, we'll just call it stereotypical old school accountant, mm-hmm. you're also approaching physically medicine, what's wrong with you in that same vein. Exactly. Uh, went to all the doctors, uh, got a dozen different diagnoses that none of them were true or like they contradicted each other. Oh, well. So I had, um, let's see, I was told I had early onset Parkinson's, um, Lou Gehrig's disease. Um, oh, I, I loved the, the recommendation to go see a psychiatrist because I was just crazy and trying to get attention. Right. I love those doctors. <laughs> and this went on for two years. Oh. 
and it, it was at the point where I couldn't work. And I owned my, my own business and I had staff, but I went from making nearly a million dollars, having my surgery in July. By the following January, I had like five clients left because I couldn't do the work. Right. And so the following year, I only made 35,000. Wow. This decimated my life. And it got to such a point that I really felt like, oh, probably should note here that I lived in North Pole, Alaska, not well known for its medical quality, you know, gotcha. quality of services. Well, in, in here, in all fairness, okay, so it might not be the Mayo Clinic, but we're also not talking third world country where you, I mean, they're still certified in the United States. You know, they still have to take the test. You shouldn't have been getting these opposite ends of the spectrum, but just as bad on one side or another type yep. of diagnoses. Yep. I agree. And it got to the point where I felt that if they figured out in about six months, and at that point they'd tell me, man, if we had just figured it out six months ago, you wouldn't be dying or these effects wouldn't be permanent. So right? who did you want to slap at that point? <laughs> Everybody. Oh my God. <laughs> well, my husband's family's from Ohio and Ohio has like more medical offices yeah. per square foot than like any other place in the US. Especially Alaska, right? <laughs> well, there is that. Um, and we have the Cleveland Clinic. Yeah. And the Cleveland Clinic is like the Mayo Clinic. It's one of the world's best. So my husband stayed in Alaska working while I came down here to Ohio to figure out what the heck is wrong with me. And when you go to the Cleveland Clinic, you don't go in for an appointment, come back in two weeks. You see every specialist over the course of like four days, every test is run and you're just run from department, department and department until they figure you out. And they have people who are like, they specialize in doing diagnoses. They came up with MS. Okay. Well, multiple sclerosis, relapsing or emitting. And so they're like, great, we know what it is. Let's give you some MS drugs. <laughs> I went into anaphylaxis. Oh my God. <laughs> like I said, I'm like one of the few people who has a crazier medical background than I do. So one moment excited that the top people, the top it figured it out. And the next minute, devastated because all MS drugs are a derivative of the same thing. So if you're allergic so if I was to them, one, I'm allergic to them all. Great. So they were like, well, you have to, the only way you're going to manage this then is to manage your stress. Well, except the stress was that you didn't know what was wrong with them. <laughs> Well, stress was my job. Right. right. And it was exacerbated by not knowing what was wrong with me once I started to fail. I was like, oh, great. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm in Ohio, which Dayton, Ohio, which is where my in-laws were, has more people on the roads at rush hour than the entire state of Alaska. Yeah. So let's, you know, culture shock. I'm with my in-laws who are wonderful, but I don't really know them. <laughs> Because you lived in Alaska. Because I lived in Alaska. Yeah. My husband is still in Alaska working, so we have health insurance to pay for my medical stuff. I'm alone. You're alone. Yeah. 
and now I don't even have hope, right? Oh, manage your stress. Great, how do I do that, right? I honestly, I became suicidal. I didn't take action. I never attempted suicide. I had a ton of thoughts. And if I could have figured out how to do it, where my husband wouldn't have been able to figure out that I killed myself, mm. probably would have. But everything I thought of, I'd like, oh no, Barry, figure that out. Oh no, Barry, figure that out. And I wasn't going to do that to him. Sure, sure. And then I started going to live concerts. Really? Yes. Um, one of my favorite pianists is Jim Brickman, and he never toured in Alaska. And he was going to be like an hour drive from me. And well, I'm from Alaska. If I can get there in eight hours or less, it's a it's a big deal. So I'm like, oh, I can I can do that. And he was uh, it was at the Ch Columbus Children's Hospital. Oh wow! And he he performed and he was amazing. And he brought out a special guest. Somebody I'd never heard of, didn't even know he was going to be there. His name's Mark Masry. He's a tenor from Canada. He sang a song and he hit a note. And absolutely everything in me stopped hurting. My physical pain went away, the mental anguish I was under, the spiritual anguish. And it didn't start back up when he stopped singing. It lasted for a long time. And so I start, I just chased that. I'm like, well, that makes me feel better. I'm going to keep doing that. Right, right. <laughs> well, and so let's stop for a second there. Because I see people do this a lot. Because managing stress, and you're sharing with us an extreme story. Mm -hmm. But the lesson is sometimes has to be taught in the extreme story. Because if it's not extreme, we don't pay attention. Mm -hmm. And... I, you know, yesterday I was a guest on a podcast and he asked me, giving, considering the circumstances today, what is one thing you would recommend people do to make their day better? And I said, make sure you have, you're surrounded by things that bring you joy. And you're mentioning a situation where you felt a positive. Mm -hmm. And so you kept chasing it. Don't you find it amazing how many people will have that moment and let it go right by them? I honestly don't understand it. Like, I'm completely baffled. It's like, if you know this brings you joy and pleasure, why are you doing the, continuing to do the exact opposite? Or tapping into it or recognizing <laughs> it. And, yeah, and I watch, it's almost like we have these stories, the struggling artist story, that, oh. uh, that the, the story is if you're not struggling, the achievement isn't valid. Mm -hmm. How many of us tie our, our self-worth up and our ability to be productive? Right. Mm -hmm. But you, you had such an extreme experience that the moment was amplified enough. Yeah. And you're like, give me more of that. <laughs> Music became my medicine. And there was something when I opened myself up to music, I opened myself up to everything else. The music is where I started evolving into the unicorn that I am. Nice. Um, up until the music, 
if somebody had made the suggestion that I had a creative bone in my body, I would have laughed and rolled my eyes. I'm not creative. I'm, I'm an accountant. And that was my identity. I am an accountant. Who are you? I'm an accountant. I am so happy to say that is not my identity anymore. <laughs> I am an accountant. I do accounting for a living. I do business coaching for a living. I am Shana Woods. Right. And I even changed my middle initial, but I, I won't cuss on your podcast. <laughs> well, I cuss on my podcast all the time. So. <laughs> oh, well, then we'll, we'll go ahead and go there. Yeah. It was so important for me to claim myself as my title, right? So that I wasn't identifying as something that could be taken from me. Oh, I love it, that. I changed my name, not legally, but like on Facebook and anything that I author. Uh, so my middle initial is R. I changed it to F because I am Shana fucking Woods, damn it. Yes. I, <laughs> I love it. And I, ugh, I watch people not own who they are. Mm -hmm. I've had my own battle. I don't know. You know, I said I was not the cool girl in high school. I was fine, but I wasn't the, <laughs> but I went through a phase in like my twenties and thirties where I was kind of cool. I don't know where that went, but I have found my desire to tap back into that. Like, why did I let that go? And claiming who you are, because going back to there's so, what you said in the beginning mm -hmm. about you were just wah, wah, wah adding to the noise, claiming who you are is the differentiator that breaks through the noise. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. And it's the claiming of who I am. And it, so the music opened me up to all the things. Um, I'm, I was introduced to people who I never I never would have given the time of day to before, honestly. Mm -hmm. They were too woo. Right. <laughs> now, I love it when somebody tells me I'm too woo. <laughs> yes. yes, I am. <laughs> yes, thank you. More, please. <laughs> um, and it, it just, I kept opening up and opening up. And the more I claimed myself, the more I opened up and the more that opening had to be infused into my work. I couldn't be just another accountant. Like it was killing something in me to keep trying to be that person. So we had a major meltdown at my office. Um, oh, my husband did finally move to Ohio with me. I moved my entire business to Ohio. We've stayed in Ohio. Um, and in 2015, we had my, my office kind of exploded. We had a staff issue and problems and it was like in my business, it was probably some of the most stress I'd been under. And everything the doctors told me, if my stress went up, the symptoms would return, it would get bad, painful, loss of motor function, cognitive function, I get everything that they said would happen would happen. And of course it did because I was told if I get stressed out, this is going to happen. So 
I made it happen. Right. You made sure <laughs> the story was true. Yeah, exactly. But I read a book, The Upside of Stress by Kelly McGonigal. Hmm. She has an amazing TED Talk. If you're at all like me and can cry at a drop of the hat, be forewarned. It will make you tear up. I read the book and it is, it is literally about this mindset we have around stress and it's what we think about stress is doing to our body that makes it dangerous because the same um, anxiety I feel when I'm around too many people um, or I'm about to get on stage is the same adrenaline that like any championship team feels yeah. before they come on the court or whatever to take the winning shot, right? Right. What is it? Fear and excitement are the exact same chemical. Exactly. And she backs it up with science, which I love. <laughs> and she has all of these little tools and tricks to give yourself a mindset reset. And I'm like, well, it can't hurt to try. <laughs> At this point, what do you have to lose? Exactly. Within a week, I was pain free. Within two, I was walking and could feel all my limbs again. And I had done nothing differently other than read the book and take the small mindset challenges she offered me. The stress in my business had not changed. If anything, it was greater. Since then, I'd say I've been like 80, 90% symptom free. Nice, nice. And what's interesting and so the doctor who said it was stress and in your head and you need mm -hmm. to see the psychologist isn't a hundred percent wrong. True. However, however, the traditional approach to that situation would not have solved your problem. Oh no, they would have medicated me to the gills. Right. <laughs> Antidepressants, this and steroids, that or whatever. And it's like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm not on any medications. I have complete use of all of my extremities. Um, I'm you happy have a light air about you. <laughs> you have a light air about you. You don't have a, I'm sitting here in pain way about you at all. Nope. I used to, well, at first I used to hide that I had the MS diagnosis because people treat you weird when they find out you have MS. Um, and then I started, I stopped saying it because I was like, I didn't want to claim that as my identity. Mm -hmm. Right. And now when somebody asks me about my story, I'm like, yeah, I've got this diagnosis. I don't, it's, I don't think it's right. We're not sure if it's accurate or not. Yeah. I don't think, I, I don't think it's right because I was able to do MS is a real disease. Absolutely. Right. It, it does horrible things to a person's Absolutely. body. I'm not saying that think happy, positive thoughts, de-stress yourself, go into meditation or whatever, and you're going to be cured. I'm saying, I don't think I had it. <laughs> I agree. Right. Right. We're not trying to deny <laughs> accurate medical diagnosis. Well, you'd be amazed at how many people also think that. So, yeah, yep. I always say I, I have embraced the woo, mm -hmm. but I am the tangible, realistic action side of woo. Not the think happy thoughts and the fairy dust will save you. I am a beautiful harmony of the two. Right? I love all the magic. It's like, 
<laughs> I can literally have a whole oracle spread right in front of me and I'm and I'm holding my favorite crystal while we talk. <laughs> I love the magic and I lead with the magic because if somebody wants to work with me or work with an, an accountant and it's just because they want they need an accountant, it's business and they need to get their taxes done, I want my woo to turn them away. Right. Right? Because they can get that on nearly any street corner. Right. I, I love leading with the magic. <laughs> well, and here's the thing. And, and so we're going to turn this into a business lesson real quick. Sure. Because the money's in the niche. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of amazing woo entrepreneurs who don't feel connected to the services that they need, such mm-hmm. as an accountant, mm-hmm. such, you know, something like that, where now you're giving an entire field an option that they can relate to and not feel um, uncomfortable with, whether that's condescending or just misunderstood, not even mm-hmm. with any malice, just misunderstood. Yep. So that's got to be a blast. Oh, it is. Yeah. I, I love my spiritual and woo-based clients. So much fun to work with. I get them. We have these brilliant conversations, I mean, that I feel like are world-changing. And then they still pay their taxes on time. So it's they still pay their taxes on time. And for the first time, maybe ever in their business, they're taking a paycheck. They're not struggling, right? And I know that I can help somebody when they come to me and they're like, I'm not in it for the money. Oh, honey, don't say things like that. Don't say that. It's okay to not be it only for the money. But if you don't have any money, you're not going to be in it very long. Well, money's energy, right. right? So when you say I'm not in it for the money, the money goes, oh, she doesn't want me. I'm going to go over there instead. Right. It responds to it. It, if, and if we're dismissive of it, just like that, that comment is so dismissive. Money dismisses us. So what would you give? I'm not even going to ask you what you're most proud of because you have such a miraculous turnaround of your life. Um, I'm going to assign that to you as a thing you should absolutely. <laughs> and I'm not even going to ask you what's the biggest obstacle that you've had to overcome because I think those are pretty obvious too. You know, a lot of times, you know, they're not quite so clear when I talk to people, but if you had to give somebody some advice mm-hmm. on you know, again, you have an extreme example, which serves because it just highlights. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's what it takes. But what if somebody, the way that I describe this, they're unhappy and they don't know why. They're not getting the results they want, but they don't know why. Right. After being through what you've been through, where would you suggest that they start? One of my favorite stories to tell was me and my husband at 19. We got married right out of high school. And this story will apply to this advice, I promise. We were way too young to be married. Neither of us did anything wrong. We were just way too young to be married. Didn't have the maturity. 
to be in a relationship. And we were fighting like cats and dogs every night. And one night I got so pissed off that I acted like a five-year-old. I clenched my fists and I stamped my foot and I said, that is not the way things work in Shayna's world. That's awesome. Now, we did exactly what you and I just did. We laughed and the fight was over. But when you think about it, I did something incredibly profound in that moment. I drew a line in the sand and said, I am no longer available for yep. fill in the blank. One of my favorite things to think of. No longer available for that. Yep. And it's, it has become a joke, the, the way things work in Shana's world. It's, it's actually, it, it, so I host charity concerts in my home. Okay, pre-COVID, I hosted <laughs> concerts in my home. Soon, hopefully, host, yes. Yep. And one of the performers tweeted about being in Shana's world, so suddenly it, it went a minor viral thing, and you could check in on Facebook in Shana's world. My friends talk about coming to Shana's world. Like, my, my world is an oasis. There are certain things I do not allow, and I'm very clear about that. When somebody is struggling and they don't know why, the first thing they need to get clear on is what they are not available for. What their boundaries are. Yeah, and one of them had better be, I'm not available for this struggle. It gets to be easy. That is something, I am so glad that you said that. That's one of my current things. Uh -huh. um, because one of my self-definitions has always been that I'm a hard worker. Mm -hmm. But the problem when you define yourself as a hard worker is that you assume things should be hard. <laughs> Wait a minute, that's not what I wanted. Yep. So one of my reframes mm -hmm. is that hard work equals big effort, not big struggle. Doing lots of things, not doing, not that those things need to be difficult. Right. I like to ask my clients, how easy are you willing to allow this to be? And I'm really specific about that wording because when you say, how easy can this be? It's, it's outside of your control. And when you say, how easy am I willing to allow this to be? Puts the control back in my hands and makes me realize how I'm getting in my own way. I'm making it harder than it needs to be. It gets awesome. to be easy. Gets to be easy. All right. I can't think of a better way to stop something than on, hey, guess what, guys? It gets to be easy so if someone wants to continue talking to Shana and learn more about Shana's world and we will include this in the show notes but let's uh give them a real quick hit on what is the best way to get a hold of you shanasworld.com oh how easy is that <laughs> it's also my instagram handle so either one <laughs> shanasworld.com we'll yep. also put the business stuff in the notes as well so that all my woo-woo friends can go and get their money situated the way it's supposed to be with someone who understands them. And I just really wanna thank you for your vulnerability and your openness and sharing your story because so many times, especially women, we just feel like we're not supposed to share that stuff. We're in it on our own. Um, and you can just have such a huge impact when you are willing 
to share the dark underbelly of our experiences with everyone else. So thank you, thank you, thank you again for joining me today. You're welcome. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to share. Absolutely. I, I may be a messenger of these particular messages. <laughs> I don't care how they get out. I just want them to spread far and wide, whether it's my story or somebody else's story. The fact that it gets to be easy. Thank you. More, please. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> thank you. More, please. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, again, thank you so, so, so much. Thank you so much for joining me on the Ready Yet podcast. I get so motivated by the amazing accomplishments of the remarkable people I meet, and I'm excited to be able to share some of their stories with you. You can find more episodes of Ready Yet at your favorite source for podcasts or at conqueryourbusiness.com. And if you've already decided that you are ready to become the person you need to be to achieve your big goals, feel free to reach out to find out how I can support you in your efforts. Or check out the Work With Aaron page on the Conquer Your Business website. I also invite you to share this podcast with anyone you know who loves to learn and be inspired. And if you're so inclined, I'd be absolutely grateful for any reviews you'd like to share as well. Thanks again for joining me. This has been Aaron Marcus, hopefully inspiring and helping you to go conquer your big dreams.